2: The numbers told the story. They always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil
0: Alexander on VCN. Hour number two. Well, a numbers game at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the VSIN Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, Radio, YouTube TV. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin, producer number nine. So much more than a producer. Live at Bar Canada, at the D here in downtown Las Vegas. Um. We will be here all week. Actually, we will not be here. I am told we will be at Circa on Thursday.
3: That is correct. We will be. <laughs> letting, they're
0: letting the kids into the main house. <laughs> uh, so we will be at Circle on Thursday. Um, so, all football for us all week. We will be here live, Kelly and me. Um, And again, so many games to navigate through. I just want to get to these few tweets here before we talk NFL power rankings. This is from Just to Follow Veasan talking about guessing guessing lines yesterday. He said, "I listen to pods at one point eight times speed normally. However, I've never run into Gil—that's me—channeling the micro machines guy." during guessing lines i don't know that is and going 3x for a couple segments now i'm at 5.4x and confused the amount of info you got out there in a few minutes was amazing yesterday was a particularly dense guessing lines for sure yeah um
3: do you ever do that do with podcasts or anything by the way two times yeah really oh yeah wow i don't like i know a lot of people do a lot of people do that's why I was asking. I I don't I've never even thought it. If I'm super duper into it, I will ratchet it back
0: to real time. Right. Yeah. But if it's if I'm just trying to, to gather as much information as possible, I'll two times it. Wow. Okay. People two times me all the time. I'm a two times them. <laughs> sure. Now, Meltzer <laughs> texts me, he goes, I'm two times in you right now. I'm two Xing you. Uh, Judd O'Connor, Survivor Sunday is a disaster, but can, Danny, can Tommy Danny DeVito really win two games in a row? Just afraid the Pats bring their D-game the rest of the year. I, mean, I think he means their defensive game in that case. Brian M., uh, Fowler likely referring to Ricky. Cha- he changed sports on you in the previous segment. Um, thank you for clarifying the, the previous tweet. Uh, okay, <laughs> we'll get to the conundrum of Survivor uh, next segment. But first, ladies and gentlemen, guardrails that are NFL power rankings plug oh, it oh, oh. in yeah. one hundred five point seven. The bone.
3: We rarely let it just play out like that, so it's, it's just a it's a nice little jingle. Yes, huh. you can barely hear You're the voice in yelling.
0: Over it. All right, so here's the deal. I don't know if you had this reaction to your top ten power rankings here. Because Kelly and I use these as guardrails. Again, we don't want to overreact to any one outcome. Because remember, recency bias is a huge, huge thing in all sports betting, in all of life, quite frankly. Sports is a reflection of the human condition. But really, in the NFL, it's magnified. Um, here's the, the biggest conclusion I came up with before going through these one by, one, by uh, one to the top 10. Is that I think there is now no longer any controversy as to which 10 teams... Are in the top ten? Do we have a different top ten? <laughs> we do. Oh, we do. <laughs> we, okay. We, all right. We do. <laughs> I'm curious to see what you've got then. I think you're gonna don't, laugh really hard at who my tenth theme is. I think that this is the first time all year where I felt like, in terms of the tiers, that there's a drop off after ten. Now, so here's how I have it, and, and it's I believe there's an unassailable one. I believe you can throw two, three, and four up in a, up in the air and rank them however you want. I believe the Bullies come in at five and six. I believe seven is locked in. And then I believe eight, nine, 10 is the whole thing. All right. Anyway, let's get to this. I got the Niners at number one. I think when the Niners are at full strength, they are the most complete team in all of football. I think they're the team to beat. I've kind of always felt that this year. They remain number one. Now, here's where two, three, four I say you can throw up in the air. The Chiefs Eagles outcome yesterday was what it was. But I still think the Chiefs, again, in a year where they've had lots of drops plaguing their team, that was a particularly dropsy kind of night where they had five of them. Uh, they got 26 on the year, but five in one game. And again, the two red zone turnovers. I'm not going to go crazy. I still got them at two. I got the Ravens at three and I got the Eagles at four. If you had the Eagles at two, you know, the Ravens at three and the Chiefs at four, I'm not going to complain either. So, yeah, th- I, those to me are whatever you want them to be.
3: I'm still so that's a tear to me. Yes. And I'm still in the camp of, you know what? I think you could make a case for almost any team to be number one of those four. I guess besides okay. besides the Chiefs, maybe just because of yeah. last
0: night. But I mean, I've got it. Forty Niners locked into one, but two, three, four. Uh, you know, look, okay, you can quibble. I got the bullies, the Dolphins and the Cowboys at five and six. Put them in any order you want. There, they crush teams uh, generally. Although the Dolphins didn't do that to the Raiders, it must be noted this past week. Um, they generally crush teams that are worse than them, far worse. And then they, uh, when someone picks on them, their own size, they they sort of cower. So five and six for those two teams, Dolphins, Cowboys. I got the Jags at seven. Um, I think they're probably the most solid seven at this point. I got the Bills back up at eight. After their win over the Jets, I know they are decimated on defense. They continue to be more decimated. But in thinking, you know, in coming up with who was the eighth team, it really does come down to which is the quarterback that I can rely on the most there. And so I got the Bills back up at eight. Here's where it gets funny because the Bengals were immediately purged from the top 10 for me with the absence of Joe Burrow. The Browns weren't only because that defense could be epic. And it is the number 1 defense in DVOA. Uh, According to Aaron Schatz's proprietary stat, DVOA, which looks at football at a granular level. So, as long as that's still intact, the Browns remain, for me, hanging on as the number 19. And then, for the third straight week, I have the Detroit Lions at 10. The issue with the Lions, why they can't be any higher for me, is the defense. Uh, The Browns' strength is their weakness. The Lions' defense is a little shaky. Um, Aiden Hutchinson is the only one getting pressure there. And so I got the lines at 10, but, th- but to me, they're also an unassailable 10, because I don't think there's, once you get past 10, I don't think, and Kelly's about to tell me differently, but I don't think you can make a real great case for any team, Houston, Minnesota, maybe you can it's Seattle. It's tough. It's yeah. tough.
3: It, it, it's so the, the bigger part we disagree on is that, to me, there's a clear top nine. Okay. I don't – after that, it gets murky, murkier. And mm-hmm. I think the Browns, for me, belong in that next group just because – Perfectly reasonable. You, you put every – you. I mean, you put it – a great way of um, they still have an amazing defense so that's why they're even alive in this conversation but i just what does it say by the way that a team with dtr as their starting
0: quarterback merits like top 10 11 12 consideration it
3: means the nfl's really bad that's exactly right it means the nfl's really bad right now with quality of teams overall um so yeah i'll I'll start from my for my 10 and i went back and forth on this i landed on your guy josh dobbs of the minnesota vikings wow uh, i almost i almost went houston kind of batted that around a bit but landed on vikings I, I do think that they are i mean look we talk we talk about teams that are do i think they got a chance to go far no not really but i think they are a solid team still They're and, right outside and, of my top and five. of all those yeah. teams i probably trust the most just offensively and defensively balanced i think there's you start you talk cleveland you're concerned about the offense, right? Houston, i I still think there's some defensive concerns there, um, but you know, I think any of those teams you could throw ten. To me, it's it, it becomes a little bit more clear when we go nine up. And and the Bills, I don't think we're done hearing more stuff about the Bills, Gil. Like I, I just for whatever reason, I think there's certain quarterbacks in the NFL that the we love to to overreact to one way good or the bad right and josh allen is like the best example of that it's he has a bad game we all flip out of how could you how could you roll out a guy who turns the ball over this much it's well you're, you're not looking at the good things he does and then it's the same thing right when he got when he has a great game we all go crazy about how he's the best quarterback in the NFL or one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And it's like, well, you're forgetting about those times he turns the ball over all the time. So I think the, the Bills are still a quality team. It's those defensive injuries that that, that you brought up that I think are going to hold them back this year. So I got them at nine, Jags eight. Um, I do have the Lions at seven, although I did flip them in the Dolphins this week. I do think that there is. That defense that that had started the year pretty good, actually, in Detroit kind of has trailed off a little bit. that That is real. Um, and enough that I put the Dolphins ahead of them, which to me, that was actually a me- mentally significant jump of flipping those two. Um, and I don't know, really know that I trust Dolphins, Lions, Jags, Bills. Those four teams right there are the perfect, I don't trust the four of you. Like, you are probably the the tier two in in NFL for me, and I don't trust any of those four. Let's just talk about that word, trust,
0: which I've brought up a million times on this show in so many sports and handicapping. How many teams, let's just look at it from the top, how many teams do you really trust? Especially after last night's game. As as shaky as the Chiefs were, Mm -hmm. and as, you know unbelievable as the eagles are they're still managing to win a couple of these games like wow how'd they do that so it's not exactly i don't i don't view them nearly as powerfully as i do them last year oh absolutely so how many teams do you actually trust it's those, those five four, on the left side for it's me. four to, i don't even trust the cowboys yeah yeah no, and i
3: hear you i don't know how much i trust them either i don't yeah. know how much i trust the ravens really either but i think there are five teams to me those are the five teams that can win the super bowl to me those are the five. Teams. You, think, so the Cow- I've got you Cowboys think the Cowboys five, can win the Super Ravens Bowl? Ravens four, Chiefs three, ers two, Eagles one. To just wrap up the power rankings. Yeah, I think they do, Gil, but only because only because the way the NFL is set up, right? I think the team is good enough that they're gonna get they're gonna get in the playoffs. And you never know what happens with injuries or matchups that you get lined up with that they might actually. They're I do think they have the talent that they actually could get there.
1: Yeah.
0: It feels like, and again, this might be a prisoner of the moment statement, it feels like there are fewer teams as the answer to that question. Yeah, totally. As, than ever before. Just to go,
3: like, go back to the Cowboys, with all the mainstream media and how much they talk about the Cowboys year after year after year, I think this year, and not talking about how... Amazingly good the Dallas Cowboys are, but just how bad the rest of the NFL is right. c- in comparison to years before. Yeah. I think it just gives them a better chance of, of winning it and better chance of getting there than in years past. Yeah, it's
0: it's definitely. Compared to other years, a bunch of these teams, including the Eagles and the Cowboys, the Chiefs as well, being the biggest of these, not as good, but juxtaposed against the level of play as trustworthy as they get.
3: Yeah. Real quick, you know what? I have Eagles 1, 49ers 2. That's a 1A, 1B situation to me. 49ers, I think, have the highest upside going
0: for I think we know our conference championship games. I really do. Sorry, Dallas.
2: A numbers
0: game
2: on v the Sports Betting Network.
0: Back on a numbers game, live from Bar Canada at the D, Gil Alexander, Kelly Midland-Bidland. We haven't used that nickname for you in a long time. Yeah, been a, been a while. Been a while. Uh, that was old primetime action thing. Kelly Midland-Bidland. Uh, yep. um, Black Friday football, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific. The Miami Dolphins at the New York Jetropolitans. The Jets now starting Tim Boyle. Trevor Simeon is your backup quarterback, uh, brought up from the practice squad, and Zach Wilson got the all, we gave you your chance a million times treatment. Now, you're not even the backup while you sit over here. He is the emergency quarterback. Uh, Okay, so, in a week where, I don't know how many times I can say this, a week where picks are really difficult, in a way that I don't believe we've had thus far this season, and we know this by our reactions on guessing lines. This is a really difficult week. So in a week where you're you're struggling with contest picks and with bets, and I'll I'll just say that maybe some people aren't, but I am and I think I speak for a lot of people. Speak for me. I think that this I think that I've come to the conclusion that this is going to be one of my plays. And I'll tell you why. Because mechanically, let's just take the handicap out of it. In a week where the, where you don't have enough conviction on an, on enough handicaps, like I don't have five conviction convicted plays here, but if the Jets are getting ten across the board, which they are now painted, the re, the over to me the adjustment from Zach Wilson to Tim Boyle is a little much, a little out of pocket for me on a total that's at forty. Total that's at forty, you're giving me ten points. I may have to take the big gulp here and take the New York Jets, just from a mechanical standpoint, because that overrides any other light conviction I might have on any other games from a contest perspective. At the very minimal, yeah, I, I, if that makes sense.
3: No, I think it does. I think it does. We've talked. It feels like we've talked about this a lot the past couple of weeks. But you're talking about I mean, you're talking about a home dog of 10 points in division like that is a lot and. You know, let's just look at this line movement. It's 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 pretty similar to what we saw last week with the, with the Dolphins when they took on the Raiders at home. And you start, you open up at like this opened up seven and a half, eight, right? Yeah, it was like seven, seven and a half, eight uh, is where this opened. We've got all the way to 10 already on this game. I, it, it's just, I'm with you. That is a big, big adjustment from a, cra- a crappy quarterback to yeah. another crappy quarterback.
0: Who can't be crappier is the point.
3: Yeah, like there's, it's going to be very, very difficult to be worse than what Zach Wilson has done.
0: Nathaniel Hackett is comfortable with Tim Boyle. He was with him in Green Bay. Tim Boyle gets rid of the ball quick. Um, As I say that, I'm like, what could possibly go wrong? (laughs) Um, Do do I love that I'd have to sit through this and uh, sweat this? I do not. Um, if you came back to me and said, hey, Gil, what are, you, what are you talking about? The Dolphins beat them by 20 in the end. Would I be that surprised? I wouldn't. But we've all watched the NFL for many years, and from a handicapping standpoint, taking a 10-point home dog with a total of 40, ain't the worst move in the world. And there is that narrative of, will the Jets now sons Zach Wilson? That's French. Will they now sort of step it up and say, we're excited to play football now? Without this guy as our quarterback, <clears throat> yes, we're four and six. The season isn't entirely over, even though most of us would have made this move long ago. Um, there's that possibility as well that yeah. the Jets sort of rally.
3: I, I, yeah, I think you're right. There's probably some injection of life there uh, that, that that you get into the team, knowing that you're still alive for the playoff, right? Yeah. So, in playoff. so do them, the coaching staff doing anything to give the players a little bit more hope. Yeah, I'm sure that that helps out here a bit. Um, and yeah, it's the, you know, I think the dolphins, especially after a week ago, bet, you know, betting wise, when you're talking a big number like this, it's, it's, it's hard to get, you know, get on board with when, when you saw the Raiders only put up 13 points and the dolphins didn't cover that, that is a, that that's a mind blowing stat to me that if you had told me that in a time machine, you know, the, before the game, uh, last Sunday, man, I would have been emptying every account I had on the Dolphins. So it's, you know, I don't really know that you, can, you can't really go into this game playing that same mental game of, go well, how many points do I think the Jets need to score to stick around with the Dolphins? Because you would have been way wrong on that a week ago.
0: Which brings me to the subject of Circus Survivor. There are 372 entries left in Circus Survivor headed into this week in the National Football League. Um I am not one of those. You are not one of those. Let's just full disclosure. Once again, In a while, I'd have been knocked out not only once, but twice. So I don't even have the regret anymore. I'd have been knocked out twice, but I will tell you again that I had this after week three, I decided, let me just do a little mappy poo. If you will, mappy poo technical term. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I would have had Dallas last week and Detroit this week. That was my Thanksgiving sort of move to save those two teams, and then figure out as the as it approached which to play when. And I played Dallas last week. Uh, Detroit uh, was my play this week, and then it comes down to then if anybody of these 372 remaining entries gets through, which many will, but some will not. But if you're lucky enough to get through the Thanksgiving and Black Friday uh, football games. What, for God's sake, do you do on Sunday and Monday, which is its own week, as Thursday and Friday are its own week in the Circus Survivor format? Here's what I had scripted out, Kelly, is that I, once I got past the dallas detroit Kenyella, I didn't really have much conviction until saving Philly for Christmas and then Jacksonville week 17. In between, there are five weeks of football, beginning with this weekend. You know who I had saved when I did this, or at least penciled in? I had two entries, so I had two teams yeah. here. Who? Tennessee and Minnesota, which yeah. held up fairly well. But let's just go down. If we look at the spreads this week in the NFL, let me just give you the numbers, talking about Sunday and Monday, uh, without even giving you the teams. Here are the, here are the spreads. One and a half, two, three, three and a half, one, pick them one, I'm being generous on some of these. Two and a half, three and a half. The one anomaly is the Chiefs on the road against the Raiders. They're at in the nine eight nine range. I don't know how many people saved them, but very few, I would imagine. Uh, four and four and a half. Now the Vikings again. I saved, or at least I penciled in Minnesota and Tennessee. Minnesota is a four and a half point favorite at home against the Bears on Monday night. Do I like it? Yes. Am I super comfortable with it? Absolutely not. The other one was Tennessee. Tennessee is a three-and-a-half-point favorite uh, hosting Carolina. Same situation. Comfortable, uh, you know, to an extent. I don't know. Like, I think this is going to be the biggest diversity of picks of any week thus far in the NFL. I think you'll have the most different selections there will be. Who, if you had... the, you, so I think this is also a year, and I don't have the, the stats to back this up at, at my... At my computer here, but I think of of most years of Survivor, the remaining entries are the chalkiest entries that we've ever had as a collective. Most people don't have good teams left, with the exception of the ones they save for Christmas and maybe Jacksonville like I did. Who would you go with here?
3: And probably the Vikings. I hear you on that one. I don't, I it just, just from, I don't, I don't know who else I'd really want to be that comfortable going with. It is a brutal, it's a brutal portion of the survivor schedule. I, I mean, it is like you said, it chiefs. If you had them it, great, I guess that's the easy play, but
0: I think I it's mean, the Vikings or the Titans. Are you super confident about it?
3: No, no, I mean, I, I guess I'd still be using chiefs if I had them available. Well, I, I, I could you, look I, at that Titans side. I, I think, think it,
0: if you have the Chiefs available, you look at the percentages because, you know, there's few enough now where you can actually analyze the, the rest of the pool. I think you probably play the Chiefs here and let everybody else have their right, carnage. It, right. Yeah, exactly. By the way, could you lose? Because the Chiefs have had really tough games against the Raiders in the last couple of years, even when the Chiefs were at their greatest. Sure, anything's possible.
3: Right. It's, it's like we just talked about with the Dolphins. You're still
0: going on right. the road and laying a lot of points. But I think that's how you play it. I think that's how you play it if you have the Chiefs. But if you didn't, what if I said to you, okay, let's just do this one more layer of this. You don't have the Chiefs. And let's say I said you wanted to be super cute with it and not play Minnesota and Tennessee because you have figured, oh, that's who most people are going to play after all. And maybe it actually won't be that many different picks yeah. in the end. Maybe it, maybe this is a big fake out. Maybe everyone will be on Minnesota and or Tennessee. Who's the pick? The Houston Texans. Wow, that was a quick answer. <laughs> like, wait a minute. The Houston
3: Texans the against Houston the Texans. Jaguars? The Houston Texans. Yeah. That's right. Re- that's as re- a one and a half point dog. I mean, you're forcing me to go to my third option here. So, so right, <laughs> but even as your third option, I'm surprised by that answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is the. That is the side I think I would feel the most... Co- I, look, I think this game is going to turn into a bit of a shootout. It's, by the way, it's a brutal question to answer. <laughs> it's a brutal question, yes. yes. Um, I think this game is going to turn into a bit of a shootout, but we've seen C.J. Stroud be so amazing all year, had a little bit of a bumpy week last week, turning the ball over, what, three times, three interceptions for him last week? Yeah. Um, yeah that's a little bumpy, but this Jags team's gettable. We've seen them... They, they've had massive turnover uh, uh, swings this year. They've taken away the ball a lot, but they've given it away a yeah. lot. You get a bad game out of Trevor Lawrence. I, yeah, I think the Texans could pull this off. I want
0: to briefly apologize to you. That's about as good an answer as any. Just scanning these games. Yeah, I, th- there's not many good ones. <laughs> Imagine that you go to a dog. Coming back, Numbers Game Visa the Sports Betting Network.
1: A numbers game on v
0: the sports betting network. Back on a numbers game, live at Bar Canada at the Deer, beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. We're, I hope you had a safe and a comfortable and a food-filled Thanksgiving. Uh, it's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidland. We're talking college football. What a weekend of college football it is. Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com so kind to join us to talk about rivalry week. How you doing Peter? How's it going man? How
2: was your Thanksgiving? I'm I I'm hanging in there. This is the worst week of the year because it's the last big week, and it's the week I have to cram everything into like two days because it's a short week, and I'm supposed to hang with family, people, and be pleasant and things. And I'm just not as pleasant as I'm going to be on the segment with you. Well,
0: let's talk about Friday's big game between Oregon and Oregon State. We used to call it the Civil War. We do not anymore. Just for uh for yeah, clarification. Shut your
2: mouth! No, no, no. We do not anymore. Do not, no, no, no. Even though their are, that have civil wars and they can, can relate to anything but yes i'm with you
0: uh oregon considered by many not by all but by many to be the best one loss team in all in all of college football oregon state a lot of people backed the beavers last week in corvallis to uh knock off undefeated washington it did not happen oregon a 13 and a half point favorite what you like here
2: I'm liking the idea that Oregon state's just not quite as good as we think it is. I and mean, it's, it's got it got built up and I'm not entirely sure why the college football playoff committee had liked Oregon state as much as it did uh, throughout the process so far, cause there aren't any really strong wins. I mean, it's a very good team. They've got strong lines. I, you know, my love for DJ, young La you know, that, you know, I, I just, I love everything about this. Uh, This team and this, you know, what Jonathan Smith is done with it. They've got great running backs. Uh, They've got a great tough style and yet they couldn't quite push back past Washington because Washington's a little bit more of a team that is able to uh, get by close games. Oregon's a team that just comes in and turns the lights out. And it's, we want this to be close. And we haven't had the big monster upsets among these top teams really yet. So I don't think we're getting it here either. I do like the 13 and a half for Oregon. I know it's going to be popular to be Oregon State. Oh, they're going to come in. No, nah, I, I think Oregon comes in and takes care of business and wipes them off the map.
0: Do you have Oregon as your, your highest rated number uh, a one loss football team, I should say?
2: I would guess still Oregon or Alabama. I mean, it's the problem right now is we, we still need to see a little bit more out of Oregon against, can they do this against Oregon state? I mean, they went the Utah and was great. Uh, they've been able to rip through these teams without a problem when they get on a roll. But at the moment, Alabama steamrolling along the problem with Alabama, as with all SEC teams, we're going to see a little bit more on Saturday Is the SEC is still the worst Power Five Conference against other Power Five conferences. So uh, it's they are maybe Alabama is not as great as worth thinking it is because they're just beating up on other mediocre teams. Whereas Oregon, this style is great. Dan Lanning has been great, and Bo Nix has been absolutely lights out.
0: Ohio State and Michigan, Saturday morning, the game. This is the one everybody's waiting for. Two undefeateds. Um, To both fan bases, perhaps this means more than an actual national championship. That's how it is viewed. This was growing up in D.C., where it was not a college football region of the country. Uh, It was always about Ohio State, Michigan, and Auburn, Alabama. So, this is a game that is uh, close to so many, not even in the region of the country, uh, where both fan bases are. Michigan is a three-point favorite. Um, Let me just start with this. Do you believe the loser of this game? Because neither has played. I know people like to focus on how bad Michigan's schedule has been. Neither has played a gauntlet of a schedule. Should the loser of this game be knocked out entirely of a playoff?
2: My argument is who has played the gauntlet of a schedule. I, it's, it, you're right. Michigan has not exactly played a slew of killers. It kind of gets lost that, you know what? UNLV might be the best of the uh, group five and Michigan just totally annihilated them. I mean, they've, they beat all these teams that are going to go bowling, but you're right. They don't have a killer win on the slate. Uh, but again, if you if you really break it down and go through it, a lot of teams that don't have a, a really strong win, except for Michigan has the Penn state win. Michigan has been able to get through the Maryland's of the world. They've, and they've been just consistently great. The one blip was last week where against the Terps, they struggled a little bit. Uh, but yes, it, the, the problem we're having is we have yet to hit the upsets. That's why it's going to happen because college football is eventually going to go college football. As I mentioned to you last week, never in the history of college football in the sport. have we had five, 10 and 0, power five conference champions, and five, t- five, 10 and O team, power five level teams at the same time. And now we got the 11 and 0 teams. I mean, this is, there, there's, the upsets aren't there. The uh, rankings are staying the same up top everywhere because no one's losing. Uh, and so I, there's just so much traffic for the loser of this, just like the loser of the sec championship. It's going to be, all right, well, what happens if Texas wins out? What happens if Florida state wins out? What happens? you know, what, uh, right down the line. So yes, long winded way of saying, yeah, I kind of think the loser of this is out unless a lot of things happen. What do you have in this game? Very sheepishly. I'm not going too hard on the rim on this. I think Ohio state does this. It just uh, Michigan's been great. I think we saw last week what the flaw in this team is, is that, uh, you're right now they have, they have not played the greatest of schedules, but they also haven't played a schedule full of teams that can hit the short to mid-range pass on a consistent basis. So I think this is very methodical for Ohio State. I think it's a lot of Marvin Harrison Jr. I think it's a lot of mid-range passes from Kyle McCord And what Tyler talk- was able to do last week, and I think they're going to do this week for the Ohio State is just kind of connect the, 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 short passes against Michigan. And the great thing about the Wolverines though, is these defensive backs can hit, but you can also move the ball down the field. If you can just do that, there's not going to be any Ohio state running game. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of Michigan running game. I think the two defenses are going to rise up. I think Ohio state's defense is going to be a little bit better. And so again, kind of sheepishly going with Ohio state with this one.
0: No Jim Harbaugh on the sideline for it. Maybe some inclement weather. We will see. Uh, For two teams where uh, probably their best wins are against Penn State, Ohio State at home, Michigan on the road against the Nittany Lions. Uh, What about the rest of the day? So many great college football games. Uh, You have the Apple Cup, of course. Um, You know, Governor's Cup, Iron Bowl, Territorial Cup, Commonwealth Cup, Sunshine Showdown. What do you like? What sticks out to you as a bet?
2: Well, what's sticking out to me is I'm still digging the favorites. I am kind of think we're just not seeing these crazy upsets. My, my call all offseason was this is the week that Alabama loses. Then Auburn goes out there and gets stuck by New Mexico State. They just don't have enough of an offense. And Alabama absolutely steamrolling at this point. So I do like Alabama in the Iron Bowl. The, I mean, the 14 and a half is a lot. And again, part of the problem is always, the rivalry game aspect, the last game of the year for some of these teams. Auburn is going to a bowl, so it's not like you've got you know senior day, which is our last game ever. So you don't have that as- that desperation aspect to it. Uh, and I do think one thing about these games, though, is if you're a first half player, usually go with the the lesser team in the first halves of these rivalry games because the energy, the emotion, everything comes right out. I think in the first halves. Go with an Auburn, depending on where you're seeing these lines, are. go, go with the, that underdog in, in these lines, like a Washington State. And then over the course of the game, though, the second half, things start to settle in, and then I'm going to like the favorites a whole lot more. Washington's just not destroying anybody. Like, we, I mean, it's, I, I always, technically, you could say Washington should be the number one team because they've got, according to last week's uh, college football playoff rankings. They had the best of the uh, uh, one-loss wins, and the best of the two-loss wins. And then so now, yeah. Wa- but Washington just isn't crushing these teams. I do think that they roll past Washington State, who's just not that great right now.
0: Washington has answered every question thrown at them thus far this year. 16.5-point favorites. Um, if it's possible to be an underrated undefeated, I think uh, we have one in UW here. I want to... Well, ho- ho-
2: the thing about that is, that I'm saying this... Not- not really quick, not being on the, the Pacific time zone, you can tell who hasn't watched Washington because the people go really hard on this. They didn't see the Arizona game or the Stanford game or the Arizona State game because they're, this is a flawed team. They just so happen to be undefeated.
0: Well... Speaking of flawed, that's not the right word. It's unfair. But obviously, Florida State, because I do want to talk about the Sunshine Showdown for a second. Florida State without Jordan Travis, the gruesome leg injury that ends his college career. They're undefeated. They're trying to get to the playoff now without him. Uh, They're six and a half point favorites here in this game. What's your outlook?
2: Uh, My outlook is if you don't do this, unless you have a real hard thought on it, because between that and Grant Mertz being out for Florida, I thought all the way Grant Mertz was playing. I was going to take Florida no matter what, uh, even if Jordan Travis was playing Uh, six and a half In all the upheaval and all this, uh, I would say still go with Florida State just because there's no starting quarterback for the Gators. And yeah, this defense is going to rise up. I think you're going to see you know, this defense for, for uh, Florida is awful. Lots of running from Florida State.
0: All right, 10 seconds. Give me your final four in the playoff. Go.
2: Uh, Big Ten champion, uh, Florida State, uh, Oregon, and Texas. Very
0: sheepish. In sheepishly. Texas? Texas, okay, Georgia,
2: Georgia. I missed I blew, I blew this. I completely blew your face. Take out the Pac 12 champion, Big Ten champion, Georgia, Florida State. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network.
0: Betsgiving is back. Starting Wednesday, all of VSIN's hosts, writers, and analysts are competing in a week long competition to see who's the best, better at VSIN. Follow all the bets and leaderboard at vsin.com or go to the DK Sportsbook app, select social, then betting groups, where you'll be able to join our Betsgiving group to follow all the action. Betsgiving. You excited, Kelly, about Betsgiving? Pumped starts tomorrow, right? Yeah. So start so so clarify for me. Starting at 1201 a.m. tomorrow. Sure, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've already I've already assumed things. Yeah. You can just go to town.
3: You're right. For right. Seven well, days. I came up with all the rules. So yeah, throw any questions you have at me. Yes, I believe it's at 1201. Yeah. AM. We will be able to start firing away with our one thousand dollars, or okay. for me nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. I got
0: 1001. Yeah, we, one thousand one. Yeah, one dollar we had to test. That's right. <laughs> one thousand one. I start with, and we By start way, firing. If, if,
3: if this is just like the DraftKings National Championship, we're trying to rack up as many dollars as possible right. over a over the over the weekend, and uh, whoever ends up on top, we'll see. All right. Declared the best, better at Visa. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Good luck. Good luck to everybody. And you have to what? You have to spend at least ha- half your bankroll, and you have to make at least seven bets. Oh, so you cannot come in and just go, I'm betting 1000 nope. right now. Can't do that. Nope.
0: Can't do that. Can't do that. Okay. So there is there are rules involved. Okay.
3: I mean, I guess you could, and then do like six $2 bets. You could. That's true. <laughs> you could do that. That's correct. That's allowed.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, we get tweets at beating the book. Just want to finish the uh, everybody out here and last name Nash. Ah, yes, I know it's officially Thanksgiving week as I'm sweating High Point at 12 noon on a Tuesday. Tis the season, fellow betters. That from Matty Cox, the High Point uh, call. Jesse Welch, the highway usage player with the lowest basketball IQ, is an incredible summation of pool. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well, Drew. That was from Drew Denzik. Um, and last name Nash also adds with the beating the book podcast, the beating the book podcast. Hearing Todd's outburst in 2x makes his comments and little antics that much better of a listen. Um, Jesse Welch also adding, Holy cow, I'm 15 minutes behind live, and by the time I go to DraftKings for Mississippi State, they were down to 80-1. to Talk about a fluid market. Doesn't take much to move those futures markets, that's for sure. Mike Stacks, Just like uh, your San Francisco Giants when they won the World Series in 2010, 2012, and 2014, I happen to notice the Ravens won in 2000, 2012, and yet it's going to be 2024 soon. Could this trend continue? I think Ravens are worth a shot. Yeah, but that would be the 2024 regular season if that were to continue. So, not exactly. But I like what you did there. And the numbers guy says, best of Jordan Travis. It's official. Kelly Bidlin has dropped to the second most gruesome injury of the year.
3: That, that was tough. It B- was tough. B- believe it or not, I covered that kid playing high school football yeah. down in South Florida. Because yeah. he's been in college for only like a dozen years. Um great kid, great family. Um, you know, everybody knows his brother Devin Travis, who played for the Blue Jays for a while. Um, yeah, good good family. And uh what what do we got? Rotamaker, Ruda Rodmaker is I just feel like it's the uh the guy from uh uh, what was that, Rookie of the Year? <laughs> like, Rowan Carter? They keep calling well, you, them the wrong You thing. seem really
0: locked into your team there, Kelly. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. Uh, see if he can take <laughs> them all the way. We'll see.
0: <laughs> Pete Vutech, kind enough to join us from College Football News for one more segment here. Pete, uh, before we get into your best bets of the weekend, uh, this entire week of college football... And boy, oh boy, I was saying earlier, like, I mean, it's the end of college football as we know it, right? Rivalry week, championship week, and then it's bowl season, and then it's our final four team playoff of all time. Conferences are all going to be Fakakta next year, 12 team playoff. A couple, a few sports talk radio things. Uh, I talk about on guessing lines how NFL coaches make just the worst decisions. We, we talk about it week to week. It's not just us, it's everybody. So I hate to bring like, you know, the geniuses of NFL down to the even lesser geniuses of college football. But did you happen to catch Matt Rule in that Nebraska, Wisconsin game down the stretch? Did you, do you happen to see what he did?
2: I did. I, I didn't see, I actually watched the game. First of all, your sports talk, you know, real sports talk going back to Florida state. All those people who were saying uh, over the, the last several months, uh, oh wow, Caleb Williams should absolutely play for his team. And so why do you, why do you, get out if you have a half a billion dollars waiting for you it's that jordan travis against north alabama thing i mean it's football i mean i mean you're one play away from all of a sudden costing yourself millions i mean that's the argument unfortunately and you're right that does sort of stink but to your point i i was watching a game that that i do have the biggest problem mostly with college player and NFL teams who do not know how to land the plane, who don't know Ugh. the clock, all their analytics and stuff, and don't know why are you handing off? I think it was Michigan maybe who was like, why are you handing it off? Take a knee if you're just going to do this and don't risk the fumble, we already well, saw let me, let me, lose to yeah. Georgia tech because of this. Let me baseball. just jump
0: in and give give the scenario. So they're down, Nebraska's down seven to Wisconsin. It's late in the fourth quarter. Nebraska has all three timeouts. And they're matriculating the ball down the field. They end up at the Washington 26-yard line, first and 10, with a minute 35 left. They have all three timeouts. They call a running play. They don't use a timeout. They don't run their next play till 52. By the way, they gain seven yards. They don't run run another play till there's 52 seconds left. Okay, you still have three timeouts. I don't have a huge problem with that. You run another play, you gain one yard. Now, at that time, you know, after the play that started with 52 seconds, you're down seven. You're, you know, inside the red zone. You use one of your timeouts there, right? You burn one. You stop the clock. You, re, you know, you organize. You figure out what's going on. Not Matt Rule. He waits for the clock to go down to 20 seconds. You're down. Good God. Yeah, that's you're okay. down I, I, I seven. Know what you're talking about is it was. Always- I guess what all I'm saying, Isn't, Pete, is the
2: badger guy. All, I watch it.
0: All I'm saying is he ends up right. They end up they end up getting. Excuse me. They're down three at the time. Pardon me. They, they need a field goal, but they could get a touchdown to win this. They end up getting their game tying field goal. He still ends up with one timeout in pocket. They lose in overtime, right? And I'm just wondering. I'm like, how? I get it. You're into your ex's nose that you, you coaches, we've said it before. They don't watch football the same way that we do on our couch. They're too close to the sun on this stuff, but it's like so brain dead. And I'm watching this. I'm like,
2: well, is no, he no, not no. going to call a timeout? Like what is happening? Yeah, no, that's an, the pro, That's an NFL mindset. See, the problem is when you realize that you're it's an NFL, oh in Nebraska and the game was probably three and two, it's the idea of like, Oh, we don't want to score too early because you give any NFL quarterback, you Tim Boyle, forty-five seconds, he might be able to, you know, get down the field fast. I mean, like, oh come it's on, it's Pete, Pete you can not want to leave any time on the clock, Pete. If I, Nebraska, I, exactly. If you're Nebraska, Wisconsin, no, 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 no. score, score. score. Uh, Wisconsin going down the field eighty yards in forty-five seconds. All
0: right. Last thing before your picks, so you mentioned Caleb Williams. His college football career kind of ended with a whimper. Is he
2: still the number one quarterback selected? Yeah, I, I've never quite been this whole idea that he's the next Patrick Mahomes, I, I especially in this draft. I mean, you this is a humongous draft of great quarterback talent. I mean, and as we're seeing across the board, you don't necessarily need that franchise quarterback to be really good. And part of the, the issue right now is, you know, everybody except the Jets and the Giants have a quarterback. And even then, look, Tommy DeVito won last week. He's not a great NFL quarterback, but you can get by with, you know decent quarterback DTR just won with uh, Cleveland. So this idea, though, that he is that much better than say Michael Penix Jr. Or Drake May, I'm not quite there. And the other part of this thing too, the the craziest part about that game though wasn't even Caleb Williams. It was that oh no, is is Lincoln Riley on the hot seat? I mean, the guy's been there a year and a half. He came within a Caleb Williams hamstring injury, of probably going to the college football playoff last year, and all of a sudden, like oh now what does USC do? Well. Take a guess. I mean, look at the Lincoln Riley quarterback lineage of Baker Mayfield, to Kyler, to Jalen Hurts, then to a uh, little to Caleb William. Pretty good. I'm guessing they're going to find a quarterback out there. Anybody they want who's going to come in and take over that gig. Your favorite
0: picks of the weekend then are.
2: I am going all in. I'm sick and tired of falling for the trap. If you're, I'm sorry, 26 and a half is a, a point total as I have always told you for years if 35 point total always go over with it this Iowa thing with Nebraska I know the final score is going to be 3 to 2 I know that they're not going to score I know it's going to go under but it's so obnoxious that look you just you go with a 26 you know 17 13 does it for you so just go with the over on uh Iowa and Penn State and then in a really kind of you know kind of twisted way a little a little deep cut here Memphis and, and Temple Temple's really bad. Now I know it's their last game of the year and senior day and all that and but I always kind of like it whenever you get a a team that could possibly hit most of the total by itself. And even though I think it was like 65 or something and Memphis isn't going to get that, they're going to put 50 on the board. So I love the over on Memphis and Temple. and I do love the 11 and a half for the Memphis Tigers, if we're going real deep here. Pete, just
0: to clarify on that uh, on that low total, did you say, oh, the final score is going to be three to two, but take the over anyway? Is that what you just said?
2: Yes, because it's, it's a moral imperative. I've been kicked in the teeth on this week after week by saying, it's got to go over. It's Iowa. Come on. It's going to someone's going to score a touchdown. Something's going to happen here and they never does. So I'm saying though, it's got to happen. 26 and a half is too obnoxious. These teams are going to score and I'll do like Nebraska to actually win this one. Iowa,
0: Iowa, Nebraska, 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific <laughs> on, on, uh, on Friday, of course. So thankfully it's not up against the Michigan game on Saturday. Thank you, Pete. Appreciate it. As always good to see you. Happy Thanksgiving, Night sir. Day. Pete Fewtech, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, you do. On Twitter, at Pete Fewtech, F I U T A K, from collegefootballnews.com. Kelly, we've done all we can do. Best bets is next. I have a fly on my cheek. Enjoy from Visa, the Sports Betting Network.